The NHL Writers Association put together an all-rookie, all-star team and previewing the Red Wings game against the Los Angeles Kings while also talking about the reality that is Danny DeKaiser. You're locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I was dancing again, and I, I remembered he can't even see me. So who am I even dancing for through these in- intros? I mean, like... Myself? No. Yeah! Nah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yes. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We're your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Um, <laughs> Scotty is also host at Locked On Tigers, so make sure you check that out. Whoa. Uh, thanks for making us your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. Scotty. Brian. Did you know that I was on the Lockdown NHL podcast Ooh. for Tuesday's episode? How'd that yeah. go? It went well. It went pretty good. Uh, we talked, actually, one of the topics we talked about, we uh, are going to talk about today on our show with the NHL All-Rookie Team. And the reason we're going to talk about it here is because half the rookie team is Red Wings. Um, actually, that's our first topic of the day. Unintentional transition. Let's slide right into that. We're wasting no time today, Scotty. We, we, we Zero. Zero time wasted here, baby. Yeah, so uh, the NHL's Writer, uh, Writers Association put out a list of their all-rookie team. It's not a real thing. It's NHL.com Presents. It's not like a real award that gets handed out. It's not like there's a second thing, but it's just the NHL writers giving props to the best rookies in the league right now. And three of the six players that are on this list. So it's like just a complete line of players, three forwards, two defensemen and a goaltender. Three of the six players, Detroit Red Wings. I mean, you can't, the graphic goes hard, bro. Cause they're all, all the Red Wings are on the left together too. The graphic goes so hard. It's I mean, so icy, bro. It's just like, it, it's, it's, it's Ned, Mo, Razor. Just all in a line, man. It's so hard. Is Razor his official uh, Red Wings nickname 100%. now? At, at, at every single player on the team and all the coaches, like it's and, and all like the wings, like personnel, like the like the social media guy was making a TikTok or whatever. It was like, yeah, go get him, Razor or whatever. Like everybody in that locker room, a hundred percent calls him Razor. You know what? That's not so surprising because it seems like every hockey nickname is like a shortened version version of their last name with er at the end or like yeah, e absolutely. at the end like if it's smith it's smitty or yes. you know Ray, raymond in this case is razor it just turns out that it sounds you know freaking wicked i almost swore on this wicked show. bro this, this podcast oh but yeah cider raymond and nadelkovich are three of the six the other ones are obviously trevor zegris um, Tanner Janot, who is a re- a guy who recently has really came alive. And then I talked a lot with Michael DiStefano of the Maple Leafs because he and I talked on Tuesday's episode of Lockdown NHL. Martin Favre, Favre of the Washington Capitals uh, is the sixth pick. He's the de- other defenseman with Mo Sider. And we, we talked about it. It was a little bit of an odd choice in him. We were both in agreement that Jamie Drysdale's had a little bit more of an impressive season with the Anaheim Ducks. And 
it's it's interesting too when you look at the reasons they list. He's averaging nineteen twenty four in ice time, and he's playing alongside John Carlson. He leads rookie defenseman in hits with a plus of fifth a plus rating of fifteen, is fourth with sixty block shots and tied for seventh with six points. So the only statistic that he leads is hits, which you know he's a physical defenseman. That's cool, but. Other than that, like he's getting props for being a plus 15 rating on the Washington Capitals playing on the line with John Carlson. He's seventh in points among rookies. Like he's not really anywhere near the top in the rest of these categories. He's an odd choice. And don't get me wrong, he's a good player, but he's an odd choice to play on that. And it's not even that there's not a selection of defensemen to choose from. Yeah. I, you know, look, man. Um, um, look, look. All right, all right, all right. The, I mean, Mo's the, on there. <laughs> no, he was. No one else is in the same stratosphere. I don't care. Oh, not even close. I, I think. I I just don't want anyone else to even be in the same breath. That's what <laughs> I want. I, I I I'm taking pride. I, I want I want no one else to even be in the same conversation. In the in the same. I, I want him to be on the top floor of the Empire State Building and no one else is even in New York. I, I don't want anyone else to even be oh, like, oh, like, yeah, these two defensive rookies are having a great year. No. One of them's having a fine year for a rookie. One of them's Mo Sider. All right. Let, let, let's get that straight. That That's what I want. Because I'm because because it's been a while for the city of Detroit. and 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 I want mine. Well, what's also interesting, I don't know, maybe it's the wording on here that is, is confusing to me. And I'm not making this a Lockdown Capitals podcast. It's just this is an odd pick. And again, me and Michael D. Stefano, again, plug in that Lockdown NHL episode. Go check it out <laughs> from Tuesday. Um, they, they say he's averaging 1924 of ice time, most among rookies. But then the paragraph above that, they're talking about that most cider averages 2235 in ice time. So, like, most cider blows him out of the water by three whole minutes. So it, it just feels like with favory, favory, it's kind of a, a reach. But that's not the point. The point here is Mo Sider, Lucas Raymond, and Alexander Nedeljkovich are three goes of the hard. six. Yes. And, it, and this is just, it goes, and we've talked about it all season long, Scotty. It goes to just hammer home the point, the direction this team is, ha- is heading right now, and why every Red Wings fan should and is – the Red Wings fans have been very excited this season, and they should continue to be excited, despite the fact that Lucas Freeman has cooled off a little bit. It's only temporary. Alex Nedeljkovic, up until this game against the Ducks, had cooled off a little bit. Only temporary. Mo Sider, never cooled off. He's been phenomenal. Never temporary. Season. Never. Never temporary. Mo lasts forever, baby. So these three rookies, man, just, I mean, we continue to reiterate the point, but, you know, the Ducks may be a couple years ahead in their rebuild. Other teams might have some flashy rookies on top of it as well, but I don't know if anyone in terms of rebuild is in a better position long-term than the Detroit Red Wings because they have three guys in this organization starting at the same time. Now, granted, Nedeljkovic is a couple years older. As a goalie, he usually blossomed later, came from a different organization, still qualifies as a rookie, but three rookies on this team, four actually, can't forget Joe Valeno, but three rookies that are excelling this season that are all starting at the same time are going to be, if they remain healthy on this team for over a decade, if contracts get doled out to these guys, 
I mean, this foundation is probably the strongest out of the rebuilding teams right now, despite the fact that the Ducks are off to such a, or have been so hot this season. Can't even say off to a hot start because it's over halfway through the season. But just, man, man, man. No, like, here's the thing. Like, there's the, the, the Ducks, you know, great, great. Season, phenomenal year, deserve all the credit. Zegris, as we talked about, is a, is a great talent. It, 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 it doesn't get old talking about them. Like, it doesn't it, – it's not like, oh, like, here we go talking about the damn rookies again. Like, it doesn't – Why wouldn't we talk it about it? It doesn't get old, baby. Like, like it doesn't. And, and the Ducks – I'm not saying, it get, you know, that Ducks fans are tired of talking about Zegris. They're obviously not. But Oh, it's they're just, not. Right. It's just, it's so, it's so different when you're at the stage we're at in the rebuild. Like they're, they've skipped ahead of us, right? They leapfrogged us. They're, they're competitive. They're, you know, Zegris is going to take steps. They're going to get McTavish back next year, et cetera. We're like, this is like, like it's, it's Larkin, Burt, and, and the kids. You know what I mean? Like this is, and, and having so many excel all at the same time. It just it doesn't get old, baby. Some things don't get old. Well, I and we always often compare to the Ducks in recent weeks for obvious reasons, Zegris, and then the fact that they you know have been explosively ahead of their rebuild. And I'm trying to think of other teams that are rebuilding right now that there can be compared to, like are in a similar stage of their rebuild. Yeah. So out of all the other teams that are in rebuilds, it's hard to find another team that actually did it correctly that didn't try and skip ahead and have it backfire on them. Anaheim's obviously an exception to this rule, but that's because they didn't try to skip ahead. It just worked out for them in the end right. where players were ready and they had a huge impact sooner. It than was an accident for it lack of a better term. It was. They, they accidentally skipped ahead and I mean, that, Hernandez that works. Predicted that they would be last in the league. Yeah, like, I think most people did. I would be yeah. shocked if you looked at any preseason ranking by any writer that, that the Ducks would not be toward the bottom of the NHL in, in every single one of those. The Wings have done it right. They've been patient, and it's paying off in the way of regards to, and again, this this NHL.com thing doesn't mean anything in the end, Scotty. It's just them throwing together the six most impressive rookies this season, and so far, three of them have been the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, that's just, it doesn't mean anything besides to feed our pride and ego, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which it, do, it does do. It does. My pride, my pride's pretty big. It does, absolutely, damn right. Um, you know what else could feed you? Bill Bar. Bill Bar. Uh, <laughs> it's the new year, so that may, means New Year's resolutions. If yours is getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bill Bar in your plan. Bill Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Make it easy to stick to your resolution. It tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars that can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking this is just not worth it. Where is the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate with like 130 calories, four net carbs, four grams of sugar, and 17, 17 grams of protein. Guys, swallows the goal size of the prize. Built Bar is going to help you get there. That's just that's just the end of it. They got a ton of flavors to choose from. Peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel. So you got it. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 at, for 15% off for 
for 15% off at Bill.com. Screw it. I've messed that up. I'm not cutting it out. Swole is the goal, he said. Swole is the goal. Size is the prize. Get juicy. <laughs> Ridiculous. That's how we are. That's how we are here. Very. Scotty. Brian. You wanted to talk about it for about a week now. And I've been putting off the conversation because it's a hard conversation to have. Detroit Red Wings defenseman. Top pair Detroit Red Wings defenseman. And I say that in jest. Um, Danny DeKaiser has had a not so good season this year. And the reason why we I've been putting off talking about it is because I don't like and not necessarily saying we would dump on him, but the reality is he has not been good. And we've, we haven't shied away from saying that, but we've never had like a full-on, long-out conversation talking about it. And I think it's time we finally bite the bullet because the defense has been, at the very least, marginally better with him out the last three games. Obviously, the most recent game he's been out because, you know, congratulations, he has a new daughter. His wife had uh, gave birth. But two before that, definitely not related to that. And uh, you can see it. Like, even Jordan Osterley who we talked about last night as an in-and-out defenseman in the league, in on the team, on this team, prior to the season or prior to Mitchell Stevens getting – I'm not Mitchell Stevens, Troy Stetcher being hurt, replacing Danny DeKaiser on the top line has made the top line better. So how big of a detriment has Danny DeKaiser's play this season been if Osterley can come on and make it better? Yeah, it – I, I think a lot of the frustration already lies with the fact that he's paired with Mo Sider. Like, like I, I feel like it wouldn't be as big of a negative reaction if he was paired with literally anyone else on the team. But he's with Mo, and Mo's been phenomenal, and Mo is going to win the Calder, and he's and maybe gonna, the Norris. And right, well, yeah, hopefully that'd be sick. <laughs> And he's going to be paired, and, and he's going to win the Calder while being paired with a guy who, production-wise, has has had one of the lowest productive seasons in the entire NHL. Well, and, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. But he has three points in 35 games this season. In 2019-2020, the year he got the back surgery, he had eight games played, had four points in eight games. He has less points now than in the season where he had eight games played. I love him. I love him to death. I really do. And that's why, like you said at the beginning, this is such like a not fun conversation because Danny DeKaiser is, is, is such a good guy and, and n- none, of it, none of it is personal in any regard. Like uh, truly love the dude to death. Uh, 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 but at, at some point, <laughs> you, you got to be able to separate personal from from play and the, the play has been horrid the, the the defense isn't there anymore and he hasn't really ever been the same since the back injury which is is no fault of anyone's but it's a fact and like it, it sometimes the most frustrating times honestly are, are when and, and you and I had this conversation I don't remember if we were on air or not but you and I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago the most frustrating times is when he makes a right decision and he just can't do it. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. 
Like, because the, the hockey IQ then is still there. And, and you can tell that he still, he knows what he wants to do. And, and, and sometimes, you know, you just can't do it. And, and some of the turnovers and, and some of the decision-making hasn't even been good. There, there's been some, so we, I mean, we talked about the line change thing. There's been some pretty bad passes at times. Uh, I, I think the biggest gripe with, with a lot of people is like his first instinct is just to dump it no matter what. And it's just, you know what I mean? Like, well, there's just, it, it, it's time. And the thing too is, is, is the back even the issue at this point? And I, I had heard rumors that, and again, rumors can't emphasize that enough, but I had heard rumors that the, the back was possibly career ending when it happened. And but like the thing is, is he came back last year and he actually had a pretty solid year. He played 47 games, um, which I think is what well, well, that was the whole season, right? It was just over a half season last uh, mm-hmm. this past shortened year. Um, he had 12 points. He was a positive three. And I know I, I always emphasize plus minus is a bad stat to look at. But it's the reason why I emphasized the plus three was because the team last year was horrible. The right. second worst team we've had, obviously the year before that being the worst, but he still managed to remain a positive, a plus. This was before Moritz Sider was on the team. This was back when Phil Peronik was still your top pair defenseman. So despite the fact that the team was horrid, he still managed to have a plus minus that was positive. So this is where I'm like, is the are we giving him a built-in excuse by claiming it's the back? Because we've never actually heard that he's still suffering from back problems. We just assumed... Right. Like with Henrik Zetterberg, you, you know, he came back from back surgery, played several more good seasons with the Red Wings, but the back problems never went away. They never do. Back's one of the things that, like, at any time it's a joint issue. It, the problems never go away, even after you have a surgery to repair it. So we kind of just assume that's what it is, but we don't know that for sure. It could also be that he's just lost it, and some players fall off faster than others. And is this just that case? And what do you do with him? In this case, we have him slotted in on the top line early, question. early in the season. Scotty, we made the argument that the the reason why he was on the top pair was because of the the he had the experience to help lead Moritz Sider. I'm sorry, I can't use that as an excuse anymore because Moritz Sider looks like he's been in this league for ten years. Moritz Sider is still playing amazing with Jordan Osterley on his on his pair. You put anyone on that pair with Moritz Sider, and he's going to play like Moritz Sider. That's just how he is. So I, I don't understand the justification of having Danny Kaiser on that top pair besides he wears an A, but so does Mark Stahl. I mean, Mark you, Stahl hasn't been that bad. No, he hasn't. And that's the thing is like, I'm thinking of the other, and not that the defense is good by any stretch besides no. most Sider, but, you know, Letty's been better. Kronik's been better. Lindstrom's been better. Osterle. Beside, you know, he did have a bad turnover, but then had the game-winning goal. Has been better. So why are we wheeling out Danny DeKaiser out there on the top pair? And I, you know, could he play on a bottom six? Like I'm willing to try him on lower pairs too. I just don't understand the insistence. I guess this is the the crux of my argument. I don't understand the insistence on having Danny DeKaiser on the top pair when he doesn't have to be. Right. And, and like I said, that's, I, I think that's most people's gripe because it's, it's his play might not be fixable, but how you, you line Utilize him up it. or, or, or hide 
him, for lack of a better term, like where you install him is very much a night-to-night choice that you continuously choose to put him with a top line Mo Sider. Yeah, why Un- do you continue to march him out there against the league's best? There's no need to do that. Like, put him on the, the you know the third deep pairing. He'll be facing worse opponents that way, in theory at least. So maybe he'll be performing better. It's just not. It's not even that I necessarily want to just cut him altogether. Just doesn't need to be on the top line. He could still be effective on lower pairs. Just get him off the top line. And I get. I also understand that there's really no other top true top pair defenseman on this team either. I I understand and accept that. But you're telling me you have no better options? I don't believe that. I don't believe that either. It's just, I it, it seems unfathomable. I, I don't understand. You know what it is easy to understand? It's betonline.net. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues to march through the playoffs. Get best. Guess what, guys? Super Bowl is in a week and a half. We're getting there. We're getting close. Nine God's going to win it all. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all the sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info, on prop and Kyle Choops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers for the 2022 season. Bet online. Bet online. Where the game starts. Where the game starts. Where the game starts. <laughs> Final topic of the day, Scotty Bentley. What's your middle name? My middle name is Robert. Scott... Scotland, my, uh, Robert it, Bentley. I have like a my grandfather's first name is my middle name, and my father's middle name is my first name. It's the same thing with me. Your, really? so your dad's Scott too. My dad is is Kevin Scott Bentley. Yes. Oh, and okay. My, no, I, I had it backwards. No, no, no. Yeah. So my dad's middle name, my first name, my grandfather's first name, my middle name. Okay. So now I got all that. What also are the last four digits of your social security number? <laughs> This fucking guy. Sorry, jeez. <laughs> Sorry, bro. You already had to edit. You, it's. Oh, it's, I don't, I'm not editing that out. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick oh, the dogs. Okay. On I mean, you. I'm down. I'm gonna stick the dogs on you on this one. This you're gonna get the fine. <laughs> Letting them loose, baby. The, the FCC is gonna come down on you. So the guys. crazy thing is, I curse like a sailor. Like I, I, uh, I curse oh, me all too. the time, and I have to consciously. Like when we record this, be like, "Hey, say say fudge it." <laughs> yeah, no, that's something. That's something I've always been like surprised with by myself because outside, once this mic is away from my, like, I can't stop myself from swearing. Like at work, it's even a problem. Like I, yeah, I no, swear a ton at work, and it's honestly like I can't. Like I'm in customer service, I can't the be fact, swearing. You're right. The fact that that's my first one since you took over, Brian is a miracle that i i can't believe i i lasted that long truly i i can't i'm proud of myself I'm like, i was gonna make a joke but you know what no um <laughs> you're foul <laughs> <laughs> um kings yes absolute kings um oh no the, the los angeles Kings. i thought we were talking about us <laughs> he said he said yeah we're absolute kings <laughs> Oh, I love recording at one in the morning when we're all just slap happy. Yeah, man. Oh, so the Red Wings 
um, doing the reverse West Coast road trip where the West comes to us. The uh, Anna, uh, the beat the Anaheim Ducks two to one in overtime. Now face the Los Angeles Kings tonight at seven thirty. Um, got absolutely embarrassed in LA last time they played each other four to nothing. Just the red at the time we called it the worst game. Actually, I think it still holds up as the worst game of the season for the Detroit Red Wings as they just three straight periods of looking like they didn't want to play hockey after having four days off in California where they had time to adjust. Anyways, not talking about that game anymore. Leading into this preview on home ice, do we expect better results? And why is the answer? Yes, Scotty, it better be yes. Uh, I would hope so. <laughs> right. I would hope so. Um, no, I mean like the teams looked really good lately. Like we can, you know, we can be we we can be honest with it. We we've talked about some of the faults. We can talk about the. the He's honest with it. He's not. The, we've been we've been nice with it lately. Um, I mean, he, like two periods at Toronto were were very good. Uh, the Penguins was great. The Ducks game was great. We've been we've been really solid lately. So you would think we can ride that momentum and take it into to to uh, to tonight. Uh, I hope. The problem is, is one thing I've noticed with this team is while they have the propensity to beat teams that are better than them, they mm-hmm. also don't have any concept of momentum. Also true. They'll, they'll go out and they, you know, they might have irked, like eked these wins out over the Buffalo Sabres, but then they go on and they just don't win another game. They, they lose the Blackhawks immediately after that. It's just, they don't know what momentum is and they don't know how to carry it out. And that's one of the flaws of this team right now which is why I, I, I've come to accept the fact that you have to look at every single game as like the first game of the season all over again. Because right. while I do believe individual players can carry a momentum, the team as a whole cannot. While I think Dylan Larkin and Tyler Bertuzzi is care, are carrying fantastic momentum, I, I don't think that anyone else, well, more et cetera as well, I don't think any of these other players on, at this point know how to carry over the momentum. So, you know, you're going to rely on, you know, Dylan, Dylan Larkin to score a goal in the first minute of the game. You're going to expect Tyler Bertuzzi I mean, to I'm grind done. one out. But then that's where the same old problem comes in. Can the rest of your team wake up enough? Is this going to be a game where the, you know, Vlad Nemesnikov nets one? Or is this going to be a game where, you know, you get the surprise Sam Gagne, Adam Ernie goal that can, because those are the goals that end up putting the team over the top in a lot of these situations. Because you know you need, in most situations, like three or more goals to win hockey games. Like, that's kind of the league average. But you're only getting goals from, like, two guys right now. Like, Lucas Raymond has cooled off, too. So if you can get that third goal, it's, a, it's really that race to three goals. If the Red Wings can be the first team to three goals, they're going to win the game. But it's just, besides Larkin and Bertuzzi, I don't trust anyone to do that. Yeah, and, and you know, even with even though the Kings come into this game with a with a better record, um, the as far as like where we rank team wise in a lot of stats, I mean, we're pretty even in most of these. Like for for goals scored, we're exactly the same. Uh, goals against, they have us beat by a little bit. Save percentage, then they have us beat by a little bit. But like power play percentage, their power play blows too. Uh, like point differential is, is relatively close. They're, they're a little, they're plus they're barely above zero. We're barely below zero. Um, the only thing that they kind of blow us out of the water in is, uh, penalty minutes. They, they don't take penalties and, uh, 
when your team's power play is atrocious, it doesn't really matter in a game yeah. plan. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. The boys are buzzing. I'm feeling good about it. Yeah, no, I think that's – you bring up some interesting points there on, on something to look at regarding the Kings is that they – you know, Anze Kopitar is good. He's got 41 points in 46 games. The Red Wings have two guys that are over 500 right now. Or not over 500, but over a point per game, which is – I think that we're almost taking it for granted how amazing that is in that a team like the Los Angeles Kings, who are third in the Pacific Division, don't have a guy who's over a point per game. The things that the Kings do better is why they're third in their division. They might not have the explosive scoring that the Red Wings do outside of Anze Kopitar, but they have a lot more. They, their defense is a lot more solid. The fact that they're not giving up a million goals a game, they have a, their goals against is better than the Detroit Red Wings. Their defense is better. They, they're more disciplined. They take less penalties. So they don't put themselves in um, deficit situations where they're short a man. I mean, that's the little things that they can do better, which is why they're succeeding more. They don't necessarily need a guy, two guys who are over a point per game because the points they are getting are pretty well spread out amongst the roster, and then their defense is playing better to shore up the back end. And those are the little things that the Red Wings still need to do better. But I feel like I'm being very negative on the Red Wings right now after coming off a win. But – it is still a game on home ice, and you know for sure you're getting that offense from the top two lines. So, you know, can't can't count the wings out in any situation. Cannot count the boys out. No, and that's a good point. You really can't because as we've talked about plenty of times, and as they've proven this year, especially at home, they'll they'll be they'll beat the hell out of a good team. They really yeah. will. And um, you know, they'll lose to some bad teams on the road, but that's not important. They'll, they'll they'll play they'll match anybody at home for real and they've proven that the last week and they've proven that this whole season. So one, I'm all right. I'm feeling the, good. The one question mark isn't even related to the game itself, but the weather. Um, there's a huge snowstorm that's coming in, and I, a lot of home ice atmosphere could be lost to the fact that people aren't coming to the game because of the weather. And I think hockey fans more so than Pistons fans are more willing to drive through this. I mean, it's kind of, it's a, it's a winter sport. Like people grow up playing hockey on the pond. They understand the weather. You know, I think that you'll get more fans at LCA for a hockey game in a winter storm than a Pistons game. Right. But I, it still would, would affect attendance. And I, I would be afraid that affect that, that edge they have, but that is something that we won't know until the game comes. We won't even know if this winter storm is going to hit by the time we're recording this right now, at one in the morning and it was raining when i got home so who knows who knows no and and that that's a good point and it, it might affect the crowd but um yeah i don't know I, I i like the boys in this one i like the boys always like the boys well and here's the thing again I'll, I'll say it i'll say it again if we can get one guy one depth score we win this game and i you know what i i i said what who i said last last time joe valeno who ended up missing a wide open that he would have been that guy who took it over the edge, kept us out of overtime. But I'll go with a defenseman this time. Ooh. Nick Letty's not playing because he's going to be hurt, so I can't go with him. I'm going to say Gustav Lindstrom, who just came off probably his best career game. Nets a goal in this one. Red Wings win, again, win the game. I love that. I'm, I'm taking Razor ends the, ends the slump. Let's go. Red Wings win. That, Either that, way. That's what I got. Either way, I'm smiling ear to ear. Ear to ear, baby. Ear to ear. Um, if you want to be smiling ear to ear yourself, 
you should go listen to Lockdown Bets because they are your one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. They're going to give you some advice, expert analysis, and insight on maybe who to bet for in the Super Bowl and uh, why you should take some, uh, you know what, anytime TV scorer Matt Stafford, he's going to rush it in. I'm calling it. QB Snake, let's go. I love that. Let's, let's, we ball, we ball, we ball. Lockdown bets, guys, uh, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Go check him out. Uh, Scotty, any final thoughts? You want to talk about the stabbing in the we back? Ball. That was Jim Harbaugh. We, no, I don't want to talk about it. We ball. And yeah, where the game starts. Where, where the game starts. I'll be back with a new episode tomorrow, recapping this one for you. Same time, same place. It's your team. Every day. Every day.